How many of you love your Bible? All right. So listen, I want you guys to all be praying because it is our goal as a, a preaching team um, to give you more punch for less time. So we are, are because of uh, the nuances of first and second service, uh, you, you'll recognize that our, our second parking is not available just yet. I'm working so hard to make sure that that's starting to be available next week. Do not park there yet until we give you a thumbs up. We had someone park there one time and their car got locked in there for the whole weekend because we didn't have a, a, um, a relationship with them yet. So do not park there yet. OK, <laughs> if you did park there, go get your car right now. Um, anyways, we are going to start a series uh, this week um, and I'm really excited about it. And it's called this. If you're taking notes, I pray you're all taking notes. It's called Simply Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the vision of our church. He will always be the vision of our church. He's the name that we put in lights. We'll actually get those back to the white light bulbs. Uh, that was kind of festive for Christmas. I was thinking like every season we should do like different ones. So like 4th of July, we'll do red, white, and blue. And I don't know. We'll see. Cinco de Mayo, we'll do green, white, and red. It's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, youth nights, you know, they're going to get all gothic and put black lights in there. No, just we won't do that. Jesus is the light. Jesus is is our focus. Jesus is, is all that we are about. If, if you know anything in our togetherness and our gathering with our partnership uh, with NCMI, um, this this twofold understanding of knowing Jesus and making him known that that encompasses all of what God's people are about. It, it should be our heart as Christians to know Jesus more. That should, be, that should be our heart's desire, is to go deeper into our relationship with Jesus. And um, the, the outer working of that is because I know Jesus, and I have experienced his love, and I have experienced his grace and forgiveness, that I want others to experience that. And how do I do that? Through making Jesus known, right? And so we, over the next four weeks, are just going to be laying some strong foundations of our Christology and that's a made-up word, but really it's just our study of Christ, our study of understanding of why he is the principal entity in our lives, not only individually, but corporately as a church. Are you guys okay with that? Okay, two of you, Renee and Vanessa, are okay with that. All right, you guys, the rest of you, you're going to have to get on board with me. Um, how, how many of you have ever heard um, saying more is better? Right? right, more is better. How many believe that more is better? Have you heard that? More is better, right? So when you're going to Olive Garden, you know how they come to your table after they've given you your food and they say, hey, do you want some cheese? Have you ever had this at Olive Garden? And you're like, heck yeah, I want some cheese, right? And so they bring out that little thing and they're like, all right, say when, right? And then they're just going like this and they always trip out on me because I'm like, more. No, more. Like more. It's going to be like a, like a whole thing. Like, you know, I don't want to see noodles anymore. I want the cheese on there, right? More is better, right? For, for me, it's better. Um, I like more. Uh, more can be better. Sometimes say too, too, uh, too much of anything is bad. I mean, have you ever heard that? How many of you know that when it comes to Jesus, that's absolutely wrong? Because when it comes to Jesus, more is better. More is better. When it comes to Jesus, so we should be like Jody at Olive Garden. Um, do you want more of Jesus? And like, yes, more. All right, tell me when. I'm not going to tell you when. You just keep going. You're going to get tired. Like you're going to get carpal tunnel because I want more. Right? We 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 
need more of Jesus, and we should desire more of Jesus, right? When it comes to Jesus, more is better, right? The more Jesus, the better. Look at someone next to you and say, the more Jesus, the better, right? Okay, listen, the better for you. How many of you believe that? The more Jesus, the better for you. The more Jesus, the, the better you are. The more Jesus, Jesus, the better I am, right? The more Jesus, hear, hear me, the better we are, right? And the more Jesus, the better this world is. How many of you believe that? How many of you still believe that this world is desperate for Jesus? How many of you believe that if this world would subscribe not to the belief, but to the relationship that we have subscribed to with Jesus, that this world would be a better place? I absolutely believe that. But if we absolutely believe it, are we absolutely living it? Right? Uh, I've, I've used this in, in the past, and you might remember me saying this, but I mean, when, when you find something good, we become like, like pushers of that stuff, right? right? How many of you have like, found something good, like a good diet? And like, oh, you got to die. If you, if you know, uh, probably my wife and I, I won't just put it on my wife. But right, when we find something, we're like, oh, you got to try this thing. We had this whole church on Whole30 at one point, right? <laughs> Everyone's like eating this like, whole diet for like, you know, try it for 30 days. You're going to do good. And we all did it, and we all saw the results, and then we all lapsed, right? Uh, so uh, we're, we're on it again. We're doing good. Uh, pray for strength for Vanessa and me. I'm sorry. This whole week, I've been hangry. It's been... Yeah, but it's mental. It's not, it's not physical. Um, so we become pushers of things, right? We become, like, when you find a good thing, you want everyone to know about it. When you find a sale, right? oh, you got to go to this thing. You're going to pick up. It's two for one. You got to get there, right? When we find something good, we become a pusher of that thing. When it comes to Jesus, how is it that we keep this thing to ourselves? Because if more is better, that's, he should be the, uh, the, the thing that we are pushing the most. He should be the thing that we're talking about the most. Young people, he should be the thing we're talking about the most. Not video games. Girls, not boys, right? Men, not football, right? It, it, should, it should be this thing of, of, of Jesus that we're pushing the most. When we're talking about Jesus, you can never get too much. We're not talking about salt and sugar. Right? You can have too much salt. You can have too much sugar. We're not talking about salt and sugar. We're talking about Jesus, right? Um, why then is too much of Jesus seem to be a negative thing in our world? Just think about that. Just think about when you're with your family, right? Have you felt this thing like, all right, enough with the Jesus stuff, right? Why is that? Because when we are confronted with the holiness of who Jesus is, it requires us to make a decision. He requires us to make a decision. We are, when we're confronted with the pureness of who Jesus is, right? When we're with Jesus, right, we, we, we get confronted with our sin. When we're with Jesus, we're confronted with our past. But here's the thing. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, it's no longer a confrontation. How many of you believe that? So many of us, before we came to Jesus, we lived in confrontation, in conflict with God because of that confrontation. And this is where the world is, right? They, 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 you, you show them the mirror of the purity of Christ, and as they look and gaze upon Christ, it's almost like, Lord, I can't look unto you. You're too holy. And we're confronted with our own inadequacies. We're confronted with our own sin. And so we can't look upon Christ. And so that conflict is like, I can't have more of Jesus right now. 
so that we reject or they reject. And so it isn't until we enter into this relationship with Christ of knowing that we are accepted by him. Hear me, church, as we are. Because in this relationship, God is going to refine us and sanctify us and bring us into a place that is out of darkness into the light, bring us up this place from sin into life, right? God, by his blood, washes us. How many of you are washed this morning, right? How many, how, many, how many of you have ever heard because you subscribe to Jesus, oh, you're brainwashed, right? Have you ever heard that? Right, oh, you're brainwashed. Here, this, this, I want you to use some of these, right? Darn right, I'm brainwashed, right? And, and I'm heart washed and I'm water washed and I'm word washed and I'm blood washed, right? I want you to use that. Right? Because really, in my brain, heck yeah, Jesus had to wash my brain. He absolutely had to wash my brain because my stinking thinking had me living in conflict with Jesus. Right? The, my life had me run from Jesus until I recognized his character and his love and his grace and his arms wide open for me, demonstrated on a cross that I can run to Jesus. Right? This is a good thing. How many of you believe that? I pray as you face your 2019 that the desire of your heart is to get you some more of Jesus. It's to get you some more of Jesus. It's to, it's to, it's to dive in to more that he has for you. But it's not just what he has for you. More of him. More of him for you. Simply Jesus. Say that. Simply Jesus. Listen, um, Haggai chapter 2 verse 7 talks about Jesus being the, the longing of the nations. Right. The longing of the nation, meaning there's this deep desire of Christ to be is the longing of the nations, whether we recognize it or not. This world is longing to be connected with her creator. This world is longing right after the person of Jesus. We, until we found Jesus, were longing for Jesus, whether we recognize it or not. This is why we were chasing all those other things. This is why we were chasing women and men and drugs and money and, and, and all the other things that separated us from God. This is why we were chasing those things, because there's, there's this God-sized hole in our heart that only Jesus can fill. And until we allow Jesus to fill it, we're not satisfied. Jesus is the satisfier of the human soul. Are you with me? So listen, is Jesus still the longing of the church? I want you to think about the church as an entity. You can think about Restoration LA. You can think about the church universal. Is Jesus still the longing of the church? Or are we now becoming an institution? And I know we're getting all, are we? Because now we're all in planning center and that's freaking us all out. Trust me, I don't know how to use it. Brett has to help each and every one of us, right? We're trying to get things in order. Thanks, Brett. Uh, let's give Brett a big hand for all he's doing with that. <laughs> Listen, but we might be thinking, oh, we're getting all corporate instruction. No, we're just trying to communicate better. This is planning center is not the central theme and focus of this church. Jesus is. Let's not get distracted by it. But what happens is the church gets distracted by, by all these different movements and by all these different organizational structures. And we get distracted by money and the plans of the people and all. We, we need to be captivated by Jesus. Jesus needs to still be the longing of the church. Is he still the longing of the church? Now, we can answer that for all of them. Now, let's break it down. Is he still the longing of the church? We're the church. You and me connected, we're the church. Is he still the longing of your life? 
Just think about that. When you wake up in the morning, are you longing for Jesus? I know we long for Jesus when we're in the middle of it, right? When you and I are are in the thick of it and we're running through the fire. Yes, please help me, Jesus. But is he the longing of our hearts? Is he still the thing that we want above all else? Or is it profile? Are you connected in a ministry because you want to be recognized? Or are you connected in a ministry because you want to serve Jesus? I just want to be used by Jesus. I don't care how or what or when or why. I just want to be used by Jesus. Jesus. Psalm 84, chapter, uh, chapter, Psalm 84, chapter 84, verse 2. I'm going to read out of the New Living Testament. It says this. I long. Yes, I faint with longing. You remember all those old videos we used to see of like all the girls fainting with the Beatles and Elvis? Have you ever seen all those? And if you were alive um, then, please don't take this uh, uh, bad. Um, yeah, but you just remember all the, like the girls would be like, they would like, you just, we'd see it in video, right? And it looks all fake. Like, you're, come on, right? And then, you know, and then new kids on the block for most of you, you people my age, all you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. No, just kidding. All right. Right. Fainting. Right. Just because out of the sheer emotion of being in the presence of Elvis and they would faint. Right. But listen to the psalmist. Listen to David, the warrior king. I long. Yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. That kind of true soul passion. I want to be in the presence of God. Like just thinking about it, my heart, it gets turned to be in the presence of God. I get overwhelmed with emotion anytime I speak about heaven. I'm not kidding. We, we, we just honored the life of Jessica's grandmother this past weekend. And my heart was breaking for their family, for Steve and Jess and their babies. But man, when I would begin to speak about heaven and thinking about being in the presence of God, and you read that Revelation chapter 21 passage where there'll be no more tears. And God will wipe their tears away and there'll be no more death and everything will become new. When you think about the presence of God like that, if your heart doesn't long for that, man, there's something wrong with us. To be in the presence of God, Jesus is still the prize, church. Jesus is still the prize. Getting to heaven, the, 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 the prize of heaven isn't utopia. The prize of heaven is Jesus, the everlasting presence with our creator. This is our hope. This is the, the hope of glory that, that we should be carrying as Christians. Are you with me? Listen, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. Listen to this. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Does that exude from your life? Now, I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a realist. Come on, Jody. We got to live like this like every day. I mean, we're going through it, right? I don't know about all this jumping for joy stuff. Like, I don't feel like jumping for I get it. I'm with you. But when you get down and you break down and you take away the circumstances and you take away those things that are facing you, you take away those trials that you're going through that I have no idea about, those relational tensions that you're, you're facing, those finances. When you strip all of that away, and if, if, if all of that w- was to not even be in existence in your life, would Jesus be the longing of your heart? 
Or is he just an, a means to an end? Are you hearing me, friends? Because when he's truly the longing of your heart, when, when he's truly this passion, right? When all is stripped away, it's just you and him. I will shout joyfully to the living God. There's a song that was written by Fernando Ortega, a beautiful song. It was sung actually at um, Annette's uh, mother's memorial service. It's called Give Me Jesus. I'm going to read you the words to this song. It's beautiful. It says, in the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. And when I'm alone, oh, when I'm alone, and when I am alone, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all of this world, but give me Jesus. But I say, and when I come to die, oh, and when I come to die, and when I come to die, give me Jesus. What I love about this picture, he's not just saying, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll take you at the end. The writer of this, this contemporary hymn is saying, I'll take you now. Jesus, I want you now. I don't want you in the end. I don't want, I don't want that, that, that last breath. Lord, give me a chance right at the end. Lord, I, I don't want to just see you at the pearly gates. I want to see you now. Give me Jesus now. I'll take you now, Lord. This is what the longing for Jesus looks like. This is, this is what having a strong Christology in your life. This is the mission of our church. It's to lead others to Jesus. When you come to us with your problems, and, and I'm not saying that you guys do that or whatever, but I'm just saying when people come to us and say, hey, we're struggling with this, you know where we point them? To Jesus. We don't point them to my solutions or what I think is important. What does Jesus say? Right? Think about your children. I pray that you are training up your children. Training them in the ways of the Lord means this. When they're facing adversity and when they're facing their trials, and yes, I believe your kids are facing trials. I believe there's nasty kids in school who do nasty things to Christian kids to break down their identity in God. And when I pray that you're not up there trying to protect them, smacking kids around. I pray that you're teaching your kids how to fight kingdom fights. I pray that you're teaching your kids how to, how to, begin, to begin to look to Jesus for the answers and and to navigate through those things so that they know that Jesus is the answer. Because mom and dad aren't always going to be there. It's going to be Jesus who's there at the end. Give me Jesus. I love this portion of scripture uh, in Mark chapter 10. We're going to hang out there for a little bit. And if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard, which is um, a version that I like. Mark chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We are going to be uh, starting at verse 17. So this portion of scripture is uh, normally subtitled the rich young ruler. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And so you just just think this is a... Young Wall Street guy comes to Jesus. So getting up, I'm sorry, verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, 
Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Sorry, I thought I missed my place. That's what happens when I move my Bible. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Right? These are the rules. You know the rules. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth, uh, from my youth up. Meaning, so since I was young, I've kept all these things. And then looking at him, Jesus felt love. What did he feel? He felt love, right? He felt love for him and said to him, one thing you lack. All right, you kept all the rules. I get it. But there's this one thing that you lack. Go. Say go. And sell all your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then listen to this and come follow me. But these words, by these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to, said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I think I'm reading all the way to 34. Um, they were even astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, with people, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. And Peter began to say to him, behold, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house. Listen to me, friends, who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. I'm going to stop there. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, teacher, what must I do to be saved? Jesus gives him the prescription for salvation, right? Uh, he gives him, uh, hey, you got to keep all the commandments. And the guy says, hey, I've kept those. I've kept all those commandments. And then Jesus says Jesus felt love for him. And this is what I think the translation is saying. Jesus felt compassionate love for him. And here's why that compassionate love. And I want you to hear me out. I'm not trying to belittle the scripture, but it's kind of like, pobrecito. He doesn't get it. Because he thinks because he's kept the rules that he has a hold of this thing. And here's how he starts. Teacher. What must I do to be saved? But he said this, good teacher. And Jesus gives him a prompt. He gives him a prompt. This is like the Holy Spirit gives us prompts. He says, why do you call me good? No one's good except for God. 
And this is what he's trying to get the, the young man to, 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 to grasp. You're not just talking to a teacher. You're not just talking to a man who is going to give you a list and a program to follow in order for you to inherit eternal life. You're actually talking to God. So let me ask you this question. Who is good outside of God? And so this young man didn't draw the conclusion that Jesus wanted him to grow, to grasp, right? And so Jesus says, okay, you've kept all those commandments. You've done all the right things. Then let me give you this second chance. You don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you I am a good God. I'm trying to tell you I am the good God. I'm trying to tell you it's not by the rules that you're following. It's actually me that you need to be following. So let me tell you this. This is what you need to do. You've kept all the commandments. you kept all the rules. You go to church. You've read your Bible. You know what things to do. You know all what to do, but you're actually not living it. So let me tell you how to live it. There's one thing you lack. Here it is, friends. Me. I need you to drop everything. I need you to sell all your possessions, right? I need you to sell all of your possessions. I need you to sell everything that you have. Sell it off. Give to the poor. And come chase after me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. I am that bread of life that you've been looking for. I am the one that you've been desperate for. I am the one that you're longing for. You want to know how to inherit eternal life? Come follow me. And what happens to this young man? His heart breaks. Why? Because when Jesus said, go sell all your stuff, he begins to tally up all he has. I mean, Lord, Lord, the house? The house. I mean, Lord, I just bought that. The car. But Lord, it's a night. The car. But Lord, you know that boat. The boat. Now listen, you and I are sitting here and we're like, I don't got a, I don't got a boat. You know, Jesus is, I mean, I, sometimes I can't identify with this passage because I'm not a rich young ruler, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, Lord, well, surely this, I mean, I get the principle of this, right, to give up all I have. I don't have much, so like, you know, whatever, God, whatever I have is yours, you know. You're not asking me to give up a mansion in Bel Air and, and a boat and a Ferrari. You're not, that, that's, that's not going to be a hard thing for me. But here's the thing. Principle still applies to us as followers. Um, I think I read the long. I was reading you guys 10. We should have been um, at 8. And so here, here's, here's, here's for us, right? Uh, when, when, when Jesus, uh, when we think we have Jesus figured out, Jesus will always go extra on us, just like he goes extra on this guy, right? And what I mean by extra, it's a kid's term. They know what I just meant. Right. When you when you go extra, it's like when you go a little overboard, like Iverson, he's he's extra when he worships, which is a good thing. Some of you guys need to get extra on your worship. Right. So listen, um, I love you, Iverson. Keep doing it, bro. Um, Listen, with Jesus, he's saying, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take you to the depths of this thing. You got it off. I've done all that, Lord. I've checked all those boxes. So God's going to take us deeper. He'll always take us deeper. And so you say, okay, well, that rich young ruler doesn't apply. Listen, Mark 8.34, it's the same call to a different group of people. It has nothing to do with finances and giving up the possessions. But listen, and he summoned the crowd and the disciples, and he said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to deny yourself. You must deny himself. Listen, take up your cross. Take up your what? Your cross and follow me. Say, follow Jesus. This is what we need to do. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. 
But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man? Listen to me, friends. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Eminem didn't write that. Jesus did. What is it for us to gain the whole world and yet forfeit, not lose, forfeit, forfeit, hand over, not, oh, I lost every, no, forfeit, forfeit. For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Friends, what would you give in exchange for yours? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What would you give in exchange for your relationship with the son of the living God? What would you give? In principle and in word and deed, right now you would say nothing. And yet come Monday morning, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot we will forfeit. Verse 38 reads like this, and this is slam dunk time for whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Lord, help us. I pray that you aren't ashamed of the Jesus that you love. I pray in this next season that you learn to stand simply for Jesus. That Jesus becomes not, not, not just a, 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 a sprinkle on your life. I pray become, Jesus become the central theme and focus of who you are as a Christian. I pray that we, we learn to lay down our life as a, as, a, as, a, as a sacrifice to Jesus. That in this way that Jesus says to pick up our cross daily. That we are going to pick up our cross. We are going to stand for Jesus, hell or high water. With much or with nothing, we're going to serve Jesus to the best of our ability that we are going to stand on who he is and stand on the finished work that he accomplished on the cross because that is what he has called us to. I really believe in this next season that Jesus wants to reveal himself to each and every one of us in new ways. And part of that anointing kind of service that we did during the worship time, I, I, I was, as I was praying for people, it was that this newness would come. That we would want to know all of Jesus. That we would experience the depth of Jesus. We would learn to love Jesus more. But it starts with this. is us placing him in his rightful place. Now I know it's January 6th. And most of us probably tried it on January 1st. But today's a fresh start. Is Jesus in that place, church? Is Jesus in that place? Because I'm telling you, as, as an eldership team in the life of this church, we are fighting to keep him in that place. We are fighting to keep him in that place in every ministry. We are fighting to keep him in that place in every relationship that Jesus is a central theme and focus of who we are. Because I'm telling you, church, if we don't hold on to that, we've lost everything. If you don't hold on to that for your life, you parents, for the life of your kids, husband and wife, for the life of your marriage, then we have lost everything. Jesus has to be the central theme and focus. Singles, yes, that includes you. If you don't establish Jesus in your life today as the central theme and focus of your life, then you are going to be swayed by every person that comes along and, and tries to snatch your heart for Jesus. Jesus is first. Oh, but he's so cute. No, Jesus is first. Jesus is first.
And if Jesus isn't first in that person's life, you're setting yourself up for a fight. I'm not saying it can't work out, and I'm not Jesus. Vanessa and I, we've, we've, we didn't do it all right. But when we chose Jesus, whew, thank you, Lord. My advice, start with him, and it'll all work out a whole lot better. Please stand with me this morning. Oh, you guys should applaud Jesus because that's, 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 that's record setting right there. <laughs> Just for a moment, if you guys wouldn't mind closing your eyes and lifting your hands to the Lord. The worship team led us in a song this morning. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. I pray that that be your, your, your theme this year. That every day you wake up, that you start off with that, Lord, here's my heart. Speak what is true, God. I'm going to read this psalm over you just as a benediction to close this service. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being my body and my soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for being our prize. Not only are you our prize, I pray, Lord, that we make you our priority. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you.